The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined on this Friday morning by Patrick Corain. We uh, are through the first round of the NFL draft. I imagine Pat and I will probably do uh, a more full show next week on all the rookies that got drafted. You know, we're very excited about where Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz and, uh, you know, Kenneth Gainwell and uh, Jamar Jefferson. We're, we're looking forward to all this, but we have picks in the book. Um, so things we didn't know coming into last night, we didn't know who was going to be San Francisco's quarterback. We didn't know who Justin Fields was going to be on. And we didn't know how far Mac Jones was going to slide uh, for fantasy. The top five quarterbacks and super flex are, are in what order for you right now? Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Okay. So I am, uh, I'm going to do my rankings next week. I'm not going to kill myself getting them done today. My guess is that I am going to stick with my pre-draft thought that Justin Fields is going to be better for fantasy than Trey Lance. The combination of Fields having, I think, just as much rushing upside, but like very clearly defined passing upside remains there. The biggest concern is, Uh, And I don't remember who brought this up on ship chasing on Thursday night, or maybe it wasn't even on ship chasing and maybe it was somewhere else. There's like a pretty good chance. Justin Fields coaching staff gets fired after one year. I think Sam Hoppin brought this up last night. Sam, Sam did bring this up. So let's say, let's say the bears win six games next year. Um, Nagy is already basically was basically everyone thought he was going to be fired after this most recent season. Um, that's and and the the general manager structure as well. They traded the 2022 first for mm-hmm. Justin Fields. It's just it's this is we've seen this story play out in the NFL a bunch of times where you draft the young quarterback, he doesn't get there, he gets you fired. Um, so that is a legitimate concern because I have zero concerns about Shanahan being fired. I think Shanahan would be fired when he decides he doesn't want to coach there anymore, essentially. And that continuity yeah. for a young quarterback is pretty important. Yeah, pretty easy to sit here and imagine, you know, Justin Fields, he's on his third offensive coordinator in four years. Like, they, yep. they think they think they have something here, but he hasn't quite shown it. You know, it's like all that stuff. You, They're just going to – they're going to ruin it potentially. And I guess my thing is that I don't really see them as equivalent rushers. I know that Justin Fields is athletic. Fields was not a great rusher at school. That's that is too. So to be clear, that's wish casting based on the speed yeah. for sure. It, it is. It, I mean, we don't have any production to back up the idea that he is going to be this true dual threat guy. I think he's going to be, maybe he gets to kind of Josh Allen level touchdown numbers, but I think it's more along the lines of like what Justin Herbert brings as a rusher. Trey Lance rushed for 1100 yards in 2019. Yeah, he can he can run like he's he's going to be really, really fun in that Shanahan system. I think his 
his upside as a rusher is quite a bit higher than Fields. Or, or maybe it's that – I guess maybe I'm arguing that his floor is is quite a bit higher as well because I think Justin Fields' rushing floor, you know, is is like scrambling around a little bit. Uh, so that's probably true. Now, I guess you could argue Matt Nagy's best offensive work was done – elevating uh, what was a great fantasy season out of Mitch Trubisky. Like, let's just, let's just call it what it was. He turned, he turned Mitch Trubisky into a uh, really good fantasy quarterback for one season. And, and that is, I think the bull case on fields in general is okay. Look what Nagy did in uh, 2018 with Mitch Trubisky in 14. Look what Nagy did with the other quarterback that busted under his tenure. Which is who? (laughs) Honestly, I don't even know. Mitch Trubisky. No, I'm saying, I mean, yeah. He had Mitch Trubisky had a good stretch, but he also he wasn't having him run at one point. It was bizarre. Remember, they stopped running with him. Uh, yeah, but, which because they because they were afraid of him getting hurt, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's well. So I will I will say this: Nagy is not a a totally clueless uh, Cliff Kingsbury style decision maker where he completely misuses the weapons that he has he he runs the ball too often that that is that is factual but Nagy learned under Andy Reid Matt Nagy has coached really good offenses before right and these were this was not he was not coaching Patrick Mahomes right he was he was coaching Alex Smith um so he he understands the I I I am not Matt Nagy is the worst head coach ever gotta fire him like I I but in general, it probably is Trey Lance at number two. I think I think you're probably right. The, the the floor and the ceiling both do seem a little bit better, even though my opinion would be Justin Fields is a better football player. Yeah, I would rather just that Justin Fields went to San Francisco, no question. I'd be more excited yeah. about Justin Fields in San Francisco than Trey Lance in San Francisco. But I, and I'm not like the biggest Matt Nagy hater either, but you were comparing him to Kyle Shanahan and what he's going to do for quarterback and the Who is, stability. It's just so fantasy friendly at the end so of the day. Yeah. yeah. And the weapons are just way better in San Francisco. And you want to talk about stability there. I mean, Allen Robinson's playing on the franchise tag, so he might be gone. They yep. don't really have anything other than yeah, Robinson. CPAT's not even on the roster anymore. Yeah. So what, you know, what are we doing? I mean, Anthony Miller, they're trying to get rid they're of They're trying like, to trade him. Yeah. I thought they were going to take Bateman at 20. That was what I had mocked the entire – because they, they clearly need a wide receiver. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they I think they think Cole Komet can play a little bit or whatever. We'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see what happens there. So I, I think a big question right now is in Superflex, where do Chase and Pitts go? Do they go after Wilson and Mac Jones, before Wilson and Mac Jones? I mean – it is obviously the the landing spot of Mac Jones in, in uh, New England. I mean, great fit Patriots, right? I'll have, yes. I'll have one tall glass, a great fit uh, for, 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 for Mac Jones. I, I, I think the problem you're going to see with Jones is he's not going to give you any rushing. Yeah. And it's not like the Patriots are going to stop running the ball on as much as possible. Like that's just what, that's what Belichick and um, McDaniels have done forever. And the times when they went away from it and were more pass heavy, it was because their personnel dictated it. Their 11 personnel is going to be Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, I think in Keel Harry. And uh, I don't know. One and of Jacoby these. Jacoby Myers. Oh, and then John, and then John and, and Hunter Henry. 
Right, right. They'll they'll probably play they'll probably play more twelve, which is not good. That's not really what you want. No, it's for not Mac good. Jones. It's not good. Yeah, I, I mean Mac Jones is you know I think a late first round super flex pick now. Um, I've I've been on the train of just draft these quarterbacks who go first round and have rushing upside, and Mac Jones doesn't have rushing upside, so he really needs to kind of hit you know, as a, as a passer. And I don't think people are going to ever be that excited about him. So passing up on a guy like Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, or even Rashad Bateman, I think is probably a mistake. You, you and I are going to be alone on this, Pat. We are going to have, we are going to have as much Bateman as we can possibly handle My, because I'm, I got a big old bag this morning. I went out and got the biggest bag I could find. Cause I'm going to be packing all the Rashad Bateman into it. Well, so as of right now, we don't, we have not seen where anyone has started to land in, in day two. I'll tell you right now, if Elijah Rondale, um, you know, in, I mean, even like Tutu Atwell style guys, if these guys start to go to chiefs, saints, Buccaneers, 49ers even like if 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 one of these guys who is yet to be drafted goes to one of the exciting fantasy offenses that guy's going to leapfrog Bateman you're talking about the market or in your ranks not in my ranks I I I am wide receiver three for Bateman in this class but in the market my guess is he ends up being on average the 202 in Superflex. that's my guess good god I'm gonna he's my wide receiver too I'm gonna have him over Waddle yeah. Well, let's okay. So, what what wide receivers do we have right now who are not drafted who we really like? Rondale and Elijah for sure, and Terrace Marshall. And Terrace Marshall. See, so the thing with Marshall is, I think he is going to be a big slider. Um, it sounds like this medical stuff is a real thing for him because Marshall was who I thought the Ravens were going to take. So the medical stuff, I think, is definitely more real than I was hoping because he fell out of the first round and it seemed like, you know, maybe four weeks ago or whatever, he wasn't going to fall out of the first round. But I wonder if some team is just in love with them and, you know, I was going to overlook the medicals because my hope, my hope originally was that people were kind of reminding every one of the medicals as like a way of pushing him down the board. Right. Cause they loved him. That seems a little less plausible now that he fell out of the first round. Yeah, I, I the that Bateman going ahead of him, I, I, I did not think that would happen. Um, I, 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 I in the end, Originally, in the end, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, well, whatever. Well, let's circle back real quick because you're okay. You're on the you're on the clock at 104 in a super flex. Who are you taking? Pitts if he's there. Pitts, okay. Yeah. Now one now you also have the 105. Who are you taking? I, Chase. Okay. Okay. Then then Etn. Wow. Over, yeah. over Wilson. Yes. So I don't know, man. Like my, my feeling is if you have like Kirk cousins trade him for like DJ Moore, and That's then true. draft, and then draft Wilson. I'm just, you know? I'm just literally thinking in a vacuum of what do I think would be best for my team. Now, if I, if I am rebuilding or, or I don't have, you know, CMC, Dar- like if I don't have one shoot, like blue chip player, I'm more likely to take the quarterback. But if I think my team is good, for example, I have a lot of Dak Prescott dynasty teams, which were bad last year because he only played four games. And if you lose a quarterback in Superflex, you're just dusted you're off. Yeah. But Dak is 
is going to be back. The bones of a good roster is there. ETN will, I don't know, 180 PPR points will probably be my projection for him to begin with, but I think he's got ceiling to be a 250 point guy. I think he's got, because there are a couple contingencies with ETN. One is how much of a hard-o is Urban Meyer going to be? Is he actually going to play James Robinson? Is he actually going to play Carlos Hyde? And then the big variable if is... If Carlos Hyde, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> would not be the first time Carlos Hyde has ruined the emergence yeah. of an exciting young running back. Uh, it'd be like the third time he's done this, I think, uh, in his career. It's but his Yeah. I mean, what? Uh, he's He's done it for... Duke Johnson, he's done it for Nick Chubb and and some San Francisco running oh, back yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was the San Francisco running back at one point. No, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying much. yeah. So yeah. the I mean the other big variable is is Trevor Lawrence going to be a Mahomesian level ship floater his first year where the offense scores more points, the offense gets more first downs, you know, they're 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 in the top ten and plays per game. Or is he gonna be you know, Baker Mayfield, who's really good and you can win 10, 11 games with him, no problem, but doesn't create fantasy stardom from everywhere. And I don't, I couldn't confidently say one way or the other. Yeah. I think, you know, I would, I'm thinking about ETN a little bit similarly to DeAndre Swift last year, where, you know, yeah. he goes to a situation, carry on Johnson's there. You know, he could, he could maybe, you could maybe see some really gross running back touches from Adrian Peterson slash Carlos Hyde. He literally has the same offensive coordinator. So I would expect that they're going to do some dumb stuff, like give Carlos Hyde the ball. Cause they just, this guy literally just fed Adrian Peterson. Yeah, so, that's true. I, I get ready, get ready to, you know, to throw up in your lap watching the Jacksonville running back situation. But yeah, I had forgotten time. that was the offensive coordinating situation. I'm reducing expectations for the Jaguars <laughs> in my mind right now. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the, the offense was not bad uh, in Detroit last year. And you have uh, – you've got a situation where, you know, if he's Matt, if he's up to like a little bit worse than Matthew Stafford, that's such a huge improvement from where this offense was last year. This offense was not only terrible in terms of its quarterback play, but it was really, really slow. So I think they pick up the pace, which is a little bit of an underrated factor here in, in terms of yeah. how much better this offense will be. I think it'll be a lot better for fantasy just on the pace. And then the quarterback, the bar is set so low at the quarterback play. So uh, it's not the perfect landing spot for ETN. I think there'll be some really dumb stuff that happens, but it's not terrible. Yeah. Um, and then, so I guess just as a quick explanation, I have ETN over Najee because one, I, I think he's better and I think he's more explosive, but then what, what do you imagine the Pittsburgh Steelers look like a year from now? What, what do they do at quarterback? Have they made any improvements to the offensive line? And it, even if I give the, the year one situation boost to Harris, which he clearly has, you know, Harris is going to go ahead of ETN and redraft, no doubt. Um, and I think that's correct. But I'm not trying to be that married to the one-year time frame. And long-term, the Jaguars' situation seems better because he's tied to a younger quarterback and better players. Yeah, long-term, I think the Jaguars' situation is better. Um, partly because what we're looking for from ETN is kind of a DeAndre Swift type of, type of yeah. role or an Aaron Jones type of role. We don't need him to be this workhorse type of guy. He's an explosive running back who plays well in the passing game. 
Harris, I mean, I, I wrote up these running backs and I basically said, I'm not going to like Harris unless he goes to Pittsburgh. And so now he's in Pittsburgh. I got to shut up and draft Harris, I guess. Cause I, I do think that, you know, my biggest thing with Harris is that his profile is a three down profile, but he's not particularly great at any one thing. Right. So you need a coaching staff who's in love with this guy as their workhorse and philosophically committed to using a workhorse, workhorse running back. Pittsburgh's one of the few teams that I can trust to do that. They're going to like the chunk gains he gets them, and they're philosophically committed to having a workhorse to the point that they literally just panicked after not having one for a year and drafted Harris in the first round. So, yeah, I think Harris, this is the spot. This is the dream landing spot. If you had Harris or if you're hoping to draft them, um, we're, you're still taking ETN over him in, in dynasty. Yes, no, okay. no doubt. No doubt. Okay. Um, so I, I think this is the way I would break down the, the top eight, which, and there is a clear top eight in Superflex drafts right now. It is uh, Trevor Lawrence one fields or Lance two or three, depending on how you have them pits chase. Um, for me, it's probably ETN, uh, then Wilson, then Mac Jones, then, uh, yeah, and that's it. Those are. I think you're too low eight. on Wilson and too high on Mac Jones to have them next to each other. They Wilson just seem can like, run a little bit. They just seem like the same thing to me. But uh, but yeah. I think there is I think there is a uh, strong chance that both Wilson and Mac Jones like just wash out and that they're not good. Oh yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I'm not. It, they could definitely both be bust, but. I mean, Wilson ran for 254 yards last year. Uh, we were talking about Justin Fields rushing upside. He had 383 rushing yards. I mean, it's not it's not drastically different in terms of what he added. So he's not um, going to be a, like a true dual threat, but he can move around. He can scramble. He's going to give you a little bit of additional fantasy points with his legs. So I, to me, he's in a different tier than Mac Jones. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is uh... – I think your I think your your range of outcomes there are so similar for those guys in terms of where they end up as fantasy point producers and maybe that I don't know maybe that's wrong but I all all I feel strongly about is that not a chance in hell am I taking Wilson or Mac Jones over Pitts and Chase who look like they could be the the number one overall producers at their position at least once in their career. I would take Wilson over Pitts. I think that's I Pat I think that's pretty bad. <laughs> i think it's i think it's pretty bad i mean all right so you've got a guy who looks like he's basically got the same profile as ryan Tannehill as a fantasy quarterback and you know that you can take in that and turn that around for like george kittle plus if he actually hits so why do i have to bet on a tight end prospect we're at the position where prospects is least correlated to actual fantasy outcomes and now i have to trust the guy who like kind of did some interesting stuff with Jonu Smith, maybe to, to turn Pitts into a fantasy superstar. I I'm not like that excited about making that bet. Your, your opportunity cost to take Pitts over the number two overall drafted quarterback is really high. Uh, the opportunity cost is high, but your risk reward is paying you off with an asset that gets you an absurd amount of fantasy points or whatever you want in a trade. I mean, where, where's George Kittle going in startups right now? Behind a bunch of quarterbacks, trade your quarterback for George Kittle, and then 
draft Wilson. Yeah, well, shit. I, I mean, I there's there's not a chance I would do this because I, I view the payoff with Pitts as being so strong. And by the way, the the tight end position is like once Kelsey retires, I mean, it is just going to be so insanely dusty. Like your value over like the number 12 tight end in fantasy with Pitts is going to just be monstrous. Or your value for George Kittle after Pitts bust is going to be huge. <laughs> Listen, I don't think Pitts is going to be a bust, but it's like the – the correlation between tight end prospects and outcomes at that position in fantasy is low. Kittle was not a very good prospect. Waller was not a very good prospect. We talked about this before. Waller was an interesting wide receiver flyer, but he wasn't even a tight end coming in. Uh, Kelsey was a decent tight end prospect. You have all these amazing tight end prospects. OJ Howard, David Njoku, Austin Sperian Jenkins. All these guys were really excited about. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. So I don't think that Kyle Pitts is a lock to be a difference maker at tight end. I think he could end up being like TJ Hawkinson. You know, he can end up being Dallas Goddard. It's not, it's not a lock. And you're giving up a huge opportunity to take the most valuable position in Superflex, the thing that is so hard to acquire on the trade market in Zach Wilson, a guy who does have a little bit of mobility, who's going to get you a little bit of Ryan Tannehill-esque rushing. You know, and he's in a he's in a system. He's in the Shanahan system. We just talked about how excited we are with Trey Lance. He's in the same system now. So I think I think people are going to be sleeping on Zach Wilson. He looks like this year's Justin Herbert to me in terms of being able to scoop him up at the 108, 109 super flex. And he has no business being there. I stand by it. I, I stand by now. Now, Wilson or taking Jones over Wilson. I agree with you. I, I wouldn't do that. But the the payoff for Pitts for me is is there i mean the ceiling is there no question the ceiling is 100 there he's an incredible prospect he could be a, a difference maker i'm not i'm not sp- and and by the way let's even say he sucks as a rookie or or gets hurt or whatever i don't think i think that you have a very similar drive it off the lot argument for kyle pitts that you do for the quarterbacks like i i still think you will be able to get a bunch for him in a trade after a disappointing rookie season, I, I feel pretty confident about that. that. That I agree with. I mean, Kyle Pitts needs to look like Calvin Johnson for like six plays in 2021. And you're yeah. going to be able to sell yep. him for a profit. He doesn't need that. Yeah. You don't need any production. You just need six highlight catches. Yeah. And, and like, like mossing, mossing over one saints cornerback yeah. in, in it, like a preseason game, like honestly gets him there. Yeah, that's true. The preseason is going to be awesome for Pitts. Yeah, like Kyle oh Kyle God. Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts playing in the third quarter of of week two against like uh grocery ba- like grocery baggers. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be absurd. And I mean, honestly, if you wanna if you wanna think about it this way, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, maybe maybe it's not a dollar when you drafted them, but they still carry a bunch of fantasy value as yes, young as young first round picks who have like Noah fan. I don't even know if he has a thousand receiving yards for his career. Um, yeah, he hasn't been, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. And, he has, he has can... 1200 receiving yards and he has six touchdowns and try go, literally open your league up right now and just send what you think is a reasonable offer for Noah fan and watch how quickly it gets turned down. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right about that. And you know, maybe the move is actually to <laughs> draft Kyle Pitts wait until after the third preseason game and sell them for and, Zach Wilson and ship plus. him and yeah, ship him. Cause you're yeah. going to, there is going to be some hype 
I mean, uh, if you if you drafted if you drafted Kyle Pitts with the 105 or 106 in your league and offered him for Darren Waller, the opposing the the the, the Darren Waller owner would give something else up. They would yeah, give they would give you they, they would give you Darren Waller, Jalen Rager, and a 2023 third. Yeah, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty good package. People, people are. Uh, if you like Jalen Rager, you can you can have him because the people are done with Jalen Rager after the Eagles drafted Devonta Smith. Like oh, I, Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager is going to go out. Then. He's going to go outside the top 100 in startups. I think this off season. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm sending offers. I'm. It's not going to be pretty. The most likely outcome is disgusting in Philadelphia. They kept Aaron Moorhead, the wide receiver coach, who was rotating four guys on the outside last year to keep their legs fresh for the fourth quarter on this terrible team because he's a moron but uh you know maybe maybe there's a chance that he you know with the under a new head coach stops doing that and uh Jalen Rager was a better prospect than Devonta Smith he was they both went first round Jalen Rager's a better prospect if Jalen Hurts raises the ceiling of this team I'd rather bet on Rager than Smith yeah yeah I, I, I agree. Um, where, where do you, where do you rank Waddle versus Smith? What do you think? What do you see as there as their outcomes? I mean, I, I still have Waddle wide receiver two. You have Bateman number two. I feel, I feel pretty good about that. I mean, where, where does Devonta Smith's ADP end up though? Like does, does he actually go like one Oh nine or whatever? Yeah, I think he does. I think people will be excited about, about him. I think people view this as a good landing spot. I don't because of the, the coach i mean i'm i'm seriously worried about the coaching here uh so i don't think this is a good landing spot rager's so cheap that i'll that i'll probably continue betting on him but i'm not even going to feel good about that uh yeah i think waddle is you know i I said i have bateman over waddle but that's because i'm really excited about bateman i like waddle i think he landed in a great spot uh i think he's a perfect fit for what they're trying to do they're clearly trying to get guys who get open who can give two a throws that he can see, you know, it's like a similar thing to Josh Allen. They're bringing in guys they think suit his skill set. Waddle is an exciting prospect. He's incredibly efficient in college. Uh, so I view him as in a different tier really than Devonta Smith. Um, I think Devonta Smith, like I would take Harris over Smith. No question. Might end up taking Devonta Williams over Smith, depending on where he goes. Uh, I could maybe talk myself into one of the Moors over Smith if they have a good landing spot. So, yeah, depending on where he goes. Yeah. I'm not excited about Devonta Smith right now. Uh, I just, I'm not excited about the Eagles. And I, I don't really see Hurt supporting more than one wide receiver plus Goddard. So I'd rather. Yeah, very, very similar, guy. very similar to, to Lamar it for through his first right. two seasons. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm just I feel so blessed that the Eagles did not take Justin Fields. Would have been would have been such a bath. Uh let's let's end here. I just want to laugh at the Broncos. I, it's it's unbelievable to me. They drafted a cornerback. They drafted a cornerback instead of Justin Fields looking at their offense. I mean, this was uh this was dumb. This was the dumbest dumb dumb shit they could have done. My voice is raspy right now because of how much I was yelling about how stupid this was at the time. I mean, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's unbelievably stupid. Yeah. They're like, oh, we traded a sixth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. We're good at quarterback. We got Locke and Bridgewater. Nothing. What could go wrong? It's so dumb. Justin Fields is on the board. Draft Justin Fields. They, they must think that they can get Aaron Rodgers still somehow with Sertain. I don't know. 
That's got to be the only explanation. I don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know, man. Just draft, draft fields and, you know, like if the Rod, if, if the Rodgers thing hasn't come to fruition by the time you're, you have to turn the pick in, you have to assume you're not getting him. You can't assume you're going to get him like in August. Like, it, you know, like it just seems like bad decision making. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, and it, it, uh, I wanted them to pump my bags because I, I, I have KJ Hamler and Noah Fant and, uh, and Sutton in, in all these leagues. And they just, they just needed to pump my bags and they, <laughs> they, they had the opportunity and they declined. Tough scenes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Everyone follow, follow Pat Crane on Twitter. Listen to Ship Chasing. We'll be back next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.